What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. They can help you find work in any industry with just one interview at Express. You have a connection to endless jobs, whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job. Choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit expresspros.com today to find a location near you. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond, but at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wind Down with Janet Kramer and Michael Kaufman, an iHeartRadio podcast. All right. I'm jumping right into it. Do it. We've been having swim lessons with Jolie, right? And Jan and I have been stuck with like uh, kind of back and forth with not rushing things, but also it's like, where's that point of you got to push them? You know, it's like, I'm trying to, we're trying to find that balance a little bit between like really forcing her. No, you got to get in. You got to get underwater to, okay, let's not rush her. Let's not like traumatize her around this. Let's not have her scared of the pool. Here's my thing though with that is the lessons that she did in Los Angeles. I mean, of course she's crying in the very beginning, but she was awesome moving forward. Oh, she was. And so I think it's one of those things where, yeah, it is that weird balance. Like, we're not sure, like, what to do, especially since we're the ones trying to, like, teach her. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, you know, last summer she was, you know, awesome at swimming. And she would swim to us and not have her floaties on. And then this summer she's terrified and know. has to have her floaties on. So I don't know if that's, like, a a normal thing where – but, it's you know – I don't think she's been traumatized. No, no. Like last summer, she like we have a a photo of her being thrown up in the air. I know, I was thrown in the air, and she'd lean in the water. We'd look at each other underwater. She'd hold onto my neck, and we'd dive under the water. Like great swimming, and then all of a sudden, it's like she doesn't know how to swim. Well, talking to some of our friends who have kids around the same age, they and older, they said it's fairly normal with you know because they go a whole season without being in the pool, so it's new again. They have they're a little bit older and more. And they're maturing a little bit. They have different feelings about things. So it's 
they're a little bit more insecure and you know so it's it's just been tough with that battle and I, but i i don't know i just i guess where are you at with it i i think with these situations i'm almost i i walk on on eggshells too much because maybe i'm fearful of being too hard maybe i'm fearful of being the way you know my parents were at times or anybody's parents were at times right where it's just like you know shut up and get in or or whatever and you're almost like just give her the floaties like who cares she'll learn when she learns yeah i don't know i'm just would you be the same way with jace yeah that's the that's the thing like even with jace i'll be the same way has nothing to do with like it being jolie and and versus jace it's has everything to do with well, I just say that because I know you say that like like that one kid at my gym last year. You're like, come on, kid. Like, stop. stop <laughs> the little crying. boy. The little yeah. boy versus if it was a girl. It's like, oh, are you OK? No, like, for sure. Like, <laughs> But with with this situation, I would be the same either way. I'm, and I because I'm, I catch myself. I just want to be like, Jolie, just get in the water. Like, stop. <laughs> right. You know, but I don't. I don't do that. But that part of you that gets frustrated wants to because. They can't understand what we're when we're trying to explain to her. Jolie, last summer you were a little fish. Now all of a sudden you don't want to put your foot in without a floaty. I wonder if we could get like a a child psychiatrist because Psych- I a psychologist, yeah, a, ch- Ooh, a children's yeah. psychologist because I think Let's do it. that would help us because I don't know, I don't know what the right thing to say or do is because I kind of lean in the way of just throw her in. You know, no, for sure. And, and she she has to go underwater. Like, let's we're being too like, but again, like you say, that's almost probably that maybe that's too aggressive. And she, you know, she she needs to go baby steps towards it again. So maybe if we had someone that could help us kind of guide us through some of the things that we're dealing with her. And especially when it comes to like today, we have a um, a food specialist on a nutritionist mm-hmm. who deals with children because you know kind of the same thing we're dealing with jace is we don't like he won't eat anything right and it's frustrating because we're like do we are he we at the are we at the stage where we were jolie where it's like okay she doesn't eat or like right. do you feed the, like because kids are going to eat when they're hungry it's what my mom always said they're going to eat when they're hungry right but we also have the routine of this is what time dinner time is right, and right. so and then if we offer all these things and then do we keep offering foods or what do we do and jace He'll he'll crush something one night. The next night you'll try to give him the same thing. He'll act like he's never seen it before and doesn't want to touch it with a ten foot fork. <laughs> so I'm so excited to talk to our guest later because we definitely need help with that. Um, but when it comes to the the you know the child psychology behind the children's psychology behind that, I don't. I honestly don't know what the right thing is to do. I know that my annoyance level is heightened. Yeah, and let me. Uh, can I be honest about something or vulnerable about something? Yeah, please. I I have a fear. I'm terrified that, you know, if I push the kids too much, that they'll feel the way I did about, like, my dad at times. Mm. And, like, I'm so terrified of that. Oh, that makes me teary-eyed. I know. And, like, I don't want my kids to, like, ever think, like, I'm too hard on them. I don't want my kids to ever think, like, that I don't love them, that I don't have their back, that I'm there to support them no matter what, which I know, you know, my dad always was. 
but because of the way he was treated, you know, it's a generational mm-hmm. thing. It's I understood that he did the best that he could and and all of that. And I love my dad to death. But I just know how as a kid, how I received certain things that he did. And I'm just I'm fearful of of our kids receiving things the way I did as a kid because I was a sensitive kid. Sure. And I just so it, with with something like this, this is why it like racks my brain a lot because I'm just give her the floaty. No, I'm, I'm just like now I'm just you know like just I mean? give her the floaty because now I'm I I don't want you to ever feel like like I wouldn't want them to feel the same way that you did and nor do I but want I, you to feel that because it's in a way you're simultaneously getting triggered. Right, right, and you know it's just it just sucks because it's it's all everything in moderation everything in life is about moderation but because i can't always do that because then they're gonna be soft as pudding (laughs) like you know what i mean and we don't want that because you and i are two hard-headed strong people so it's it's just that balance and i but because jolie's getting older Mm -hmm. and at this age she'll start to remember things more you know four going on five i'm just really just terrifying right i'm just tiptoeing around around these kind of things a little bit more i mean i get that i appreciate you sharing yeah i definitely can empathize with that and you know and i can lean into you in those moments like if there's something where you can say like hey i'm 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 feeling childhood here where then i can step in so that you don't maybe have to be that to get triggered on mm-hmm. do you know what i'm saying where then mm-hmm. i can either be the which i don't always want to be which you don't always want to be the aggressor or the the no. one that you know gets like that no, goes down. We, we balance each other out though yeah but i mean in those situations if you ever start to feel that like in the moment i guess express that to me so that way i can help you out so that you don't yeah i might need to just i might need to tag you in be like, hey, I I don't know how to navigate this right now because of my own. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's know. that's that would be the the best thing, you know, for for everybody involved, yeah. you know, because I don't want you feeling that way. You don't want to to go back on Jolie or Jace, and you know, and and then I'll kind of assess the situation to see, okay, do we push or do we not push, or you mm-hmm. know, or because you're right. I mean what is too hard for the kid but also again they still have to have certain boundaries which i think we do great at we both when it comes to respect for people and respect for us and um and listening and stuff like we we give her chances and then it's like okay third strike you're out go to your room which i think we're good with that but yeah when it comes to extracurricular things right where it's you don't want to be too hard. And I, I've caught myself being like, Julie, why would you do that? You know? It's, and I think to myself, I'm like, the second I said that, I was like, cause she's four, Jana. That's yeah. why she did that. Cause she doesn't know any better. So instead of saying, why would you do that? Maybe say, Hey, th- let me tell you why maybe we shouldn't do this mm-hmm. so that they actually understand. But I have caught myself do that a few times and I feel so crappy afterwards. I'm like, why would you put your foot in the laundry basket? When, and then, well, as Why just, would you stand on two Matchbox cars? That's, that was today. <laughs> Jolie was standing on two she's Matchbox trying, she's cars. She's trying to go like skating around the house with two Matchbox cars under her feet. <laughs> but again, she's a kid. 
That sounds that sounds fun. Why don't we go skate around with Max Matchbox cars I mean, under our feet? You wouldn't have to tempt me with a good time too <laughs> too hard at that. I could go out there and try it right now. But it, yeah, it's just I don't know. It's just tough to navigate that stuff as parents, and it's like I feel like there's ends of the spectrum, right? It's like I contribute our work in therapy to even be able to acknowledge that that I don't just jump to the negative and it's like, well, you know, this is how I was, I was treated in situations, so that's how it's done and just do it or be the opposite end where it's like you don't want to do that so much so that you enable them sure. and then they never do anything for themselves and then you're just ruining their life as they get older sure you know so it's i'm trying to do the work here and we're both trying to do the work by acknowledging both sides of things and and discuss things like this with y'all and with, with each other but it's just that stuff that comes up that you're just like damn this is, parenting's hard <laughs> It is hard, and there's Where's no the there's no rule book for it either. But I would really like to talk to. I mean, because we, a psychologist, a children's you know psychologist would be great for that too, you know, because how to kind of balance that, and um, yeah, we should look into that. If anyone knows a good one too, DM us at the Wind Down Podcast. Um, thanks for sharing, Mike. I appreciate it. Yeah. And when you're in that situation again, please just kind of be like, hey podcast episode <laughs> triggered tag <laughs> copy tag out um let's take a break and then when we come back uh jennifer anderson she's i've stalked her on instagram for quite a while now because of jace's eating habits um uh, her her um her instagram is kids eat in color i'm super excited to talk to her we need help <laughs> help us <laughs> um we'll be back Hey there. Did you know that May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is celebrating by highlighting some cool AAPI-owned brands like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Maeve. I mean, I love that a big brand like Macy's is supporting Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. It's important. But you know what? The best reason to check out these brands is that they're just really awesome. Seriously, you need to check them out. And you know what else? You have a great opportunity to open up access to college for AAPI students and help them succeed by donating to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. You can donate online or just round up your purchase at Macy's when you check out. So do what you can to help. Join Macy's and round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA scholars. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. Mother's Day is right around the corner. And in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. 
because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, Sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I'm so excited because. Boy, do we need help. And you tracked this person down. <laughs> oh, I straight up slid into her DMs. I was like, hey, I swear, like, I'm not a stalker, but I stalk you every day. I need your help. And I need I need more help. Um, we have on the show um, Jennifer Anderson, who is Kids Eatin' Color um, on Instagram. I'm obsessed with her. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jana Mike. Um, I just, I don't even know where to start because I kind of feel a little helpless when it comes to the what's going on with Jace and his eating patterns it's just becoming where I I just throw my hands up and I'm like fine have this I don't like because it's just Eve that was you yesterday when yeah. you were trying to feed him dinner yeah I was just like all right crackers here <laughs> like <laughs> sorry Jennifer don't be mad at me but it's no, just never so you're a um a dietitian a mom of two uh boys um so you're you know you're you're in it how old are your boys right now they are four and six, but about to be five and seven. Mm. So you went through all the, 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 you know, the toddler phases of refusing to eat and all of that. Yep. We have started. I had one kid fall off the growth chart. Uh, my other one has been very selective and continues to be because selective eating starts early and it doesn't go away right away, you know? Mm. So what, how did you start your Instagram? Was it just that you knew other moms were desperate for help? You know what? It was because I was desperate for help. And I thought I stood in my kitchen and I had been making these cute little lunches for my three-year-old trying to get him to eat because he tends not to eat enough. And I stood there and I thought to myself, I cannot be the only mom struggling like this. And it turns out I wasn't. And so I just started posting cute little 
pictures of his lunches and little feeding tips in the captions. And pretty soon people were like, oh my gosh, when I do this, my child eats, my child's starting to eat broccoli, my child's eating more food. And I became just obsessed with helping other parents feed their kids. And now you have almost a million followers because of that. Right. So you're like, so she's you're like, definitely not alone. She's like, yeah. Like, no, like, I'm not alone. <laughs> love it. I was like, you know what? I can't be the only person. And it turns out, no, I'm yeah. not the only person. Not at all. Um, do you kind of want to tell her what's going on with Jace? Sure. Yeah, tell me what's going on. You know, it's it's funny how yeah, I mean, as you know, every kid is different, right? And Jolie, our daughter, our four year old, has always been a fantastic eater. I mean amazing seamless and jace has been fantastic in like every other area except for when it comes to eating and he's been super picky and the frustrating part for us is he'll crush something one day the mm-hmm. next day if we gave him the same thing won't want it nope yeah. don't want it we're like How dare you, you literally just had leave. yeah you literally just <laughs> had this chicken or this macaroni even macaroni and cheese or like we know you love this how are you not eating right. it and then right. I'll also say too, just to like bookend that, where he, we know that he would love spaghetti or a cookie or something like that, and he will refuse to eat it. We're to the point where Michael and I have had to hold his head to try to be like, just taste it, and yeah. he screams. And then when he tastes it, he's like, oh, I like it. And we're like, <laughs> ah, we told you you would like it, you know. And we've done right. the whole trick, like mommy eat one like feed mommy and then we try like we've done everything and we don't know what to do because we probably know holding his head and shoving food in his face to give him to try it is not the right thing to do well that tells me right there that you guys are good parents and you know what you're doing sometimes we do things when we're totally desperate and we're like this cannot be the right way right (laughs) and there is like there are other options for you how old is jace he's 18 months 18 months so that's like right at the like some of the hardest times of picky eating and you guys have an amazing opportunity because what you do right now can either set you on the path of him becoming more picky and or really turn the tide and give him the freedom to learn to become a better eater my guess is because your daughter your four-year-old daughter is has always eaten great you are thinking you're probably thinking to yourself it can't be our fault Right. Well, I will say this, though. Remember that time where she'd only eat mac and cheese and the only way we got her. And this is Jennifer. You're going to think this is awful. The only way we got her to Mm. eat something other than mac and cheese is we would turn on TV so that she didn't notice that she was eating a piece of broccoli. Well, and we would. it was when she was old enough to negotiate. So it was like, if you take a bite of this, like we'll we'll push play on the TV. And. Once we got her in the habit of eating that stuff, then we cut the TV out. And again, it's some people might shame or judge on that, but now she's four and she eats everything. Yeah. Yeah. So what I can tell you is um, there are other things you can do that may take a little bit more time, but a little less effort on your, because then you probably had to wean her off the TV and that probably wasn't fun and that all thing. So I, I will say what I can tell right now is you guys are problems solvers you want to feed your kids the best way possible i never ever judge ever remember i had a kid fall off the growth chart (laughs) (laughs) feeding kids is really tricky i have nothing to say um i definitely just went and bought a pizza last night because i was like this day is too much for me so you know 
if you need to talk to somebody who's not going to judge you and is going to see you as a problem solver, then you came to the right place. Amazing. So help us. How do we, how yeah. do we, because it's so frustrating when I know he would like something and he doesn't eat it. Right. Or try right. it. Just try it. So like, try. My guess, my guess is Jace as a, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, is a really strong kid who's really creative and knows what he wants. And maybe has opinions he's definitely getting an opinion for sure yeah his yeah. attitude is definitely starting to spike up yeah so that's awesome right that means you have have a super fun awesome kid i have two extraordinarily opinionated kids that makes them very exciting it also at times makes them difficult to feed mm-hmm. right because my guess is he really has an opinion about what is going in his mouth and what we see with kids and eating is, yeah, you can force them, you could turn on the TV, you can get them to eat, you can bribe them with candy. And while that may work for some kids, like it did for your daughter, a lot of times it just creates more problems that we have to deal with later. And so what we wanna do is we wanna use some of those evidence-based strategies that teach kids how to eat and take the stress off of us because you guys sound like you're stressed, right? Yes. It's just frustrating. Like five, when five o'clock rolls around, I start to panic. Like, oh yeah. God, like, is this going to be, are we going to pull our hair out? And he's, is he going to scream? Is he going to throw everything and not eat, you know, yeah. or try? Your blood pressure, your yeah. blood pressure is going up. You're like, oh my gosh, five o'clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are not alone. There are so many parents who have that feeling. Like I felt it myself. Like you're like, oh my gosh, there one, one woman in my feeding program, Better Bites, she said, um, I feel like I'm preparing for a world war battle mm-hmm. every time I go to sit down at a meal. So you're not alone. The first thing that I always recommend parents do first thing is start by saying, Oh, Hey, you don't have to eat it. Don't even give it to them. Put it on the table, sit down, have a family meal together. Make sure you have a meal. Make sure you have a food that, you know, he likes that macaroni and cheese you were talking about is perfect, right? Put it down on the table. Hey, we're all going to sit down for the meal don't put anything on his plate. I find that 18 month olds usually like look around at that point and they're like, why didn't you give me any food? And But you dish up your plate, dish up your daughter's plate, hmm. enjoy the food. Oh my gosh, this macaroni and cheese is so good. Now your point in doing that is not to like put on a show because even 18 month olds know when you're putting on a show, right? He mm-hmm. sounds like a smart kid. Yeah. So what he needs to know is that he actually doesn't have to eat anything he doesn't want to, nothing. And at that point, he may ask for something, he may say, you know, wear mine or macaroni or, you know, whatever he likes to say or point or a sign, you know, wherever he's at with that. So I find that to be one of the absolute most effective strategies when you as a parent stop caring what they actually eat at the meal and i know this is like impossible so pretend like you you don't care mm-hmm. what they eat at the meal keep it totally cool and you enjoy your food and don't give them any and i i actually one time saw my kids eat a whole bowl of salad like a whole large bowl of salad because i told them that i didn't think they wanted it and i only had made some for myself and they were very unhappy with that and they just ate it and i was like oh okay (laughs) so what happens if he doesn't eat any of it then that's when the parenting comes in that's when it gets tough so at every single meal i always recommend you include at least one food that he really 
is comfortable with. So picky eaters, you have to remember, and most people don't understand this, but most picky eaters are picky for a reason. They, around, you know, a year, even, it can start even earlier, they develop, you know, separation anxiety, they start to be afraid of things, which is good because they become more mobile and we don't want them wandering through the forest eating mushrooms. Mm -hmm. Of course, our kids generally aren't wandering through the forest and so it becomes problematic when they're not eating mushrooms that we've served on the table. But they begin to have what's called neophobia or the fear of something new. So food neophobia is very common and it usually arrives usually between 12 months and 36 months but it can show up as late as like four or five so my guess is he there's something about it either he's feeling pressure from you and he wants to like engage you in that that uh you know power struggle or he's actually afraid of it maybe he looks at the food and he's like "Mm -mm, that color one time i ate that color my tummy felt weird Mm. he can't tell you about that but We've seen examples of even babies being given medicine on a blue spoon suddenly will never eat any food off that blue spoon. Mm. Because even at a very, very young age of six months, nine months, 12 months, they can develop these associations between tiny details and a experience that they had that was very traumatic to them or very unpleasant. Maybe they ate something and then they threw up later and you didn't think anything of it, but you know, that happened. So um, that is something that you've got to keep in mind. He's picky for a reason. He's really not trying to get at you. He's just trying to protect himself and act like a like an 18-month-old. And, you know, that's something. So when you sit him down at the table, don't ever, ever, ever get them something else. Just make that rule and keep it to what yourself. What if they don't eat then? Like, I guess that's where I'm like. Th- th- and that's their choice, right? And this is where <sighs> you really have to kind of dig down deep and <sighs> think, okay, there are going to be times, and I i mean, I think my kids have maybe made this choice maybe like three times. There are going to be times when they choose not to eat, but it's probably because they're actually not hungry. Because toddlers are notorious for listening to their body. So the first year of life, they triple in size. That means they need a ton of calories. I mean, they will, I mean, maybe, maybe when your daughter, she was always been a great eater, right? Maybe when she was 12 months old, one time she ate as much as you did Mm -hmm. or something. That's totally normal. But then one day she ate three bites of food the entire day. And that's actually totally normal toddler behavior. So one day they'll eat as much as you, the next day they will eat like three bites of food the whole day, and then they kind of go over. But what research shows is they do eat enough over the course of the week, over the course of the month to maintain their growth. What about if it's him afraid of to try something? Like, is that a thing? Like, do you, Yeah. obviously you don't hold the head down like we've done to feed it, but like, is, <laughs> is it just keep showing them that food to say, here, tr- yeah. maybe try, and then if not, like, then you don't force it? Right. So once you're willing to kind of take off the pressure and step back and just just let the let the actual eating go for a while, um, then you can begin these other methods. But before you really get them to try food, I first recommend just take take a step back. Remember, it's your job to put the food on the table. It's their job to decide whether or not to eat it. From there, you can really step back and say, okay, how are we going to move forward? Because once he knows that you're never going to make him eat anything, suddenly it's all within his control. It's all within his control to decide what he's going to do. 
So after you've established that, that you as the parent, you're going to decide when you're going to eat as a family. You're going to decide what you're going to eat as a family. You're going to decide where you're going to eat as a family. Those three things are the things you are in charge of. So don't make him another meal if he doesn't want it. Just make sure there's always at least one food that you know he generally likes. Now, I realize okay, one yeah. day he doesn't like it, one day he does. Mm -hmm. But macaroni and cheese is generally a safe food. So put that on the table. I think it's just hard because it's like I know he's hungry. Like we know he's hungry. Mm -hmm. He's just refusing yeah. to eat it because if we give him something else, he downs it. Yeah, he's he's big into right. fruit. And my fear, kind of what you're talking about, Jennifer, you're saying you know one of your boys fell off the growth chart. And that's where our son kind of is when it comes to the, like his height, right? Yeah, he's it, like in the 40th. So they're guessing a 5'9". So question, has he always been at that height? Yeah, he's always been little. Okay, so that's normal. But our daughter's so you can't, huge. Right, Her which is also is totally normal. Mm -hmm. um, so what we are most concerned about now, if he started at the 70th and then went to the 40th oh, okay. and then went to the 20th, mm. that's when you have to con be concerned. Okay. People come in all shapes and sizes. Being on the 40th percentile is great. And if he mostly maintains that, that give or take, you know, 15 percentiles or so, mm -hmm. then he's fine. And you would want to check in with your pediatrician just to make sure he's growing. But if he's like losing a lot of percentiles, then you have to worry. Otherwise, it, you don't have to be at the 50th. It's, it's no problem. So if you know he likes fruit, you can always have fruit at a meal. And there may be meals where he just fills up on fruit. And that, I'm Why telling you Why does that bother me? That's okay. As a mom, My like I'm getting is, hives yeah. about it. Cause it's like, no, he has to yeah. then, cause I see your post. I'm like, no, he has to have his protein. He has to have this color. <laughs> and then he has yeah. to have this color. And, and so I right. just, I put so much pressure to make sure. Cause I, sure. I just, I want him to not just eat fruit. But think about how much protein he needs. He's 18 months old. Let me, I, you don't have to tell me his weight, but let's say He's 20, he weighs so um, six, 27. Pounds. Okay. So let's say, you know, however much he weighs, they need a very small amount of protein for their body. So my kids and probably him roughly needs about 16 grams. Okay. That's two glasses of milk. Oh, wow. Okay. That makes me feel a little bit better. Cause that's, that's, yeah. that's my, that's where my concern has been is. I just make up in my head that, okay, he's the 40th percentile because he's hardly eating the protein that compared to our daughter. And I'm, you know, that's unfair of me to compare right. two kids. Right. But of course, yeah. every parent, you know, I feel like kind of totally does that. Thing. For sure. I yeah. think you just are I think that is for sure. afraid your son's going to be a little shorter. And by the way, when I meant to say huge, my daughter, she's just larger on the, like her percentile is, is larger yeah. than, right. than what Jace was. Right. Um, I do have a question though regarding my daughter. So for the longest time, like she, she was having a problem like eating all of her food. So we said, let's do a happy plate. So if you mm -hmm. make a happy plate, then you get a candy. Well, now she's at the age where she's wiping her plate. And last, I think I said this last night, right, baby? I said, hey, we need to stop now giving her candy because she knows mm -hmm. she's making, she makes a happy plate like regardless. And now I'm like, okay, we can't keep she can't keep having a dessert or a cookie after the meal. But then in my mind, I'm like, well, is that a bad thing? Or should I say like, hey, do you want cut up watermelon or fruit instead? Like, is it bad to still sure. reward her for cleaning her plate? So what we know from re rewarding is the more, re re the more we reward, 
the more kids hold that food in high regard. Mm. So when we say, if you eat your vegetables, you get a cookie. What we say is vegetables are bad. What they hear, vegetables Mm. are bad, cookies are good. Uh And that just perpetuates on and on and on. And the more, the longer we use that model, the more built up dessert gets and the more potentially obsessed and you know all this stuff about dessert and the less we the research shows the less intrinsic internal desire they have for that food that we're trying to get them to eat so what i recommend to take dessert off the pedestal make it a non-issue it's fine to include dessert if you want to if your family culture is to have dessert every night that's perfectly fine if it's not that's also perfectly fine but let's say you want to have dessert the easiest way to get kids eating their meals and also um, not obsessing about dessert is actually to serve dessert with the meal. Uh, now, I know this sounds kid. crazy. I see the look on your face. Like, they, the little kid inside of me is like, yes. Wouldn't they eat that first? Know, right? Yeah, right. And that's okay? Oh, my God. I'm having so much anxiety. <laughs> no. I love this. Yeah. I was raised Have after. Have you ever had a cookie before dinner? It no. tastes so good. I mean, now I have, now I have, because I'm an adult. I can like, that I can do this. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Oh, no, wow. you should try it. Jenna, oh, I don't know. That's fascinating. I can't. Delicious. <laughs> I don't know no. why. Because. Me- <laughs> <laughs> now, one thing you want to think about is let's be practical. We're parents. We know what our kids need. Do they need to fill up on cookies? No. No. We don't want them filling up on cookies. So we give kids a child-sized portion. Now for an 18-month-old, a child-sized portion could be one chocolate chip. I mean, my kids were into one chocolate chip through age three because they just, you know, that was just kind of how we grew up. I was like, let's start as small as possible. So whatever it is, my my guess is if Jace knows, now Jace is a little young, but if he already knows, because usually second kids, they're, they get the cookies like super early, right? Um, but you know, if they haven't had it, you could delay it as long as possible. But once they know about dessert, if and if his sister is having dessert and he really wants in on that, just make sure it's a tiny child's chin, an amount that they could not fill up on. Okay. Now, there may be times where all they eat is that item. Those times become so few because they realize that they're hungry and you're not going to give them a snack until the next scheduled meal or snack. So I highly recommend having an eating routine where you have the meals and the snacks planned out. Even Jace at 18 months old is going to be able to understand um, kitchen closed or lights out or snack after nap. You know, you could turn these things into, you know, three word sentences where you tell him no snack now, snack after nap or or whatever it is. The reason we want that is because we want them to come in to the table hungry. You already know he's hungry. So it sounds like you have a good pace for your meals and snacks. And if they choose to only eat a part of a cookie, it's true. They may that one time be fussy until the next meal or snack, but it will pay off once they understand the routine. Like, okay, we're only going to have food at these times that mom and dad say, we're only going to eat what's available. And what you're usually providing is at least one safe food and a variety of other foods, including protein and these things. And you can think of it over the course of a day. Like what did Jace eat over the course of the whole day? He Mm -hmm. only ate fruit for breakfast. That's true. But because he ate four cups of fruit for breakfast, you know, I don't really need to serve fruit for the rest of the day. So instead I served him milk and uh, 
you know, a piece of bread with peanut butter on it. Mm -hmm. And then I served him, you know, these other things over the course of the day. So if you change your shift, you shift your mind to think, what is he eating over the course of the day? What is he eating over the course of the week? Is he mostly hitting all the food groups over time? Then I don't have anything to worry about. And I already know he's staying on his growth chart. So it sounds like he's getting what he needs and what maybe what he most needs right now is for me to chill the, the F to out. choose whether to eat and how much. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Everybody calm down. That's what Okay. Saying. Well, I feel so much better, Jennifer. Yeah. I, I I cannot thank you enough. I feel like maybe you feel better too, I especially do. how last night's dinner went. Yeah. Um uh, Jennifer Anderson, please follow her on um, Instagram if you've got a kid and you're struggling or you just want to have like I look at your page too just to see different meals because I kind of get bored of you know, doing the same meals for Jace. So I've just, I've really enjoyed following your page. It's kids eat in color. Um, and just thank you so much for, for letting us, um, stalk you and have you on the show. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, Jennifer. <laughs> it was wonderful to be here. Thank okay. you so much. Bye, See Jennifer. Bye-bye. <laughs>
Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so a lot of good tips from Jennifer. Do you feel a little bit better now? Kind of with our plan of attack here? Yes, but also no. <laughs> because Jace just doesn't go by it's the book. Just, no, there's no... I mean, I've offered every day something. I know. So it's how many days? <laughs> hey, look, and we say this a lot. Jace has been like the perfect baby. He has. Except when it comes to his eating. So if he was a great eater like his sister was, he would have been like flawless. That's true. Like literally, this is like the biggest pain in the ass thing he does. That's very true. So moving on to our next segment. Okay. What have we done wrong lately? (laughs) (laughs) Did you like that? And that right there is how a new segment is born. What have we done? What was it again? Wrong lately. What have we done wrong lately? We need a jingle for that. I feel like that's it. <laughs> I know, but like a little instrumental on in the background, like Easton, we'll get him on. So there. this is the game that we like to play called What, what Have We Done Wrong Lately? You first this time. I, you started. You got to get, you got to set the stage here, kid. Okay. Um. So the rules, we say one thing that's been bothering us and we cannot be defensive back when uh, we get the thing so you're you're saying what I've done wrong lately. Yeah. So we're not calling ourselves out. No, that's boring. <laughs> <laughs> that was totally where I was going with this. No, remember our game, how we say one thing that's bothering, like how, so we don't like hold things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we can do, let's look in the mirror now. <laughs> All right. What have I done wrong lately? Um... No, remember, but that was the game that we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not like, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Let's pick on my game. That's not, that's, no, that's no, like, no, you no. have to do it to me too. I know. Which is why I said you go first. Okay. Um, when I wake up in the morning. Every morning when I wake up, there's a halo hanging from my girlfriend's popo's bed. No. Every, Name that song. Uh, John Mellencamp? <laughs> I don't know. Sugar Ray. Oh, every yeah, morning. Yeah, yeah, Come yeah, on. yeah. Um, no, but every morning when I wake up, there's a plate with a bowl and ketchup that's so disgusting. You eat your chicken nuggets at 1 a.m. and you leave the bowl of ketchup awful in the sink. And it looks so gross. 
Is that the name of the game? We have to sing our, our, our answers? It's gross. And it stinks like ketchup when I wake up in the morning. It stinks like ketchup when I wake up in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and by the way, I meant to get pitchy at the end um, of the last round, so <laughs> I meant to go tone deaf. Um, so yeah, that's one thing. So if we could just kindly, maybe I know it's one o'clock in the morning, wherever you go, eat your chicken nuggets with the ketchup bowl. If you could just kindly put it in the dishwasher, or at least if the dishwasher is running, if you could just wash out the ketchup bowl and not because like. You put water in it, but then there's water overflowing, and there's just ketchup all in the sink the next morning. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> good morning, <laughs> ketchup. So okay. All right, so leave it on your nightstand. Got it. Oh, Perfect. Done. Your turn. What have you done, done wrong lately? lately? Um. <laughs> so this just happened last night. Oh and Newsflash. it's something it's the the circumstances are different but it's you like to like reiterate mm. so like yeah. last night you were podcasting on, on our buddy nick nick's podcast his 615 you know realtor podcast and i come in the office i was about to take a shower we had discussed earlier in the day that or earlier that evening that we we're gonna hang out when you're done and we're gonna watch a movie and whatever I'm about to go shower. You're like, okay, when you're done showering, can like you can we watch a movie? And like you're like reiterating something that we already talked about. I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah. And I go shower and I go walk to the shower. I'm like, why does she have to feel like she has to reiterate what we already discussed? And it just I don't know why, but it just like bothers me. Okay, like eats at me. All right, good to know. Yeah, I don't know why either, but good to know. Do you think it's like you're worried that I'm going to bail? Maybe. Like, or maybe it's just, I don't, because I'm so, I, um, I'm such a, a planner. Like, okay, and this is this, and we check this off, and then after that, we do this. So I just like to, I do, I like to reiterate a lot of things. Even when we have arguments, I reiterate. Yeah. <laughs> or or just anything. Like, I, okay, so after grocery store, you're going to go there, or, yeah, so I do do that a lot. I'm sorry. I'll be more mindful of that. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, and that was our first segment of What, what Have, have You Done, done Wrong Lately? lately? <laughs> <laughs> um, but since you wanted to look inside, let's look in the mirror now. I'm going to look in the mirror and I'm going to say, what can I work on? And, oh God, where do I even start? Um, I've found myself getting a little... Why don't you tell me what I'm doing wrong? That's what we just did. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, um, I have found myself being a little just annoyed lately. Just, an, just a little, because uh, I don't know. I, I think I'm just ready to change scenery. So I just find myself getting a little agitated. And so I maybe just have to watch how I speak when agitated. Hmm. What about you? Mike's like I'm perfect <laughs> his, his face is like I'm good uh, <laughs> lately <laughs> I've been bad lately I've been more patient Um, just making sure I'm as real time with things as possible yes yeah 
I think that's the biggest thing is just like whether I see something that needs to be brought to your attention just for clarification, whether it's whatever it is, just real time. So, so you're aware and nothing feels like it's a secret or dishonest or mm-hmm. it just helps everybody out. Yeah, for sure. I like it. Cool. Well, I like the new segment. <laughs> we'll see if it sticks. Uh, just like our One Tree Hill. See if that one sticks. Um, hey, so I'm on the Wind Down podcast right now. Um, Stephanie has written me a few emails, and I kind of wanted to talk this one out. Okay. Um, she's a One Tree Hiller. Uh, she says she appreciates um, you and I sharing our story as it has brought some normalcy to her own life. She goes on to say, my husband and I have been dating, or I'm sorry, have been together for 12 years, 11 years dating and one year married. About eight years ago, we went through some infidelity. I found out he had been cheating on me for about a year. It took a whole lot of rebuilding and counseling to get back to a good place. About four years ago, after a big fight, he attempted to cheat again. We again were able to rebuild and work through it. We got um, engaged about two years ago and married a year ago. There are still times he will get extremely upset with me if I see his phone or ask who he is texting. I do trust him, but there are times that my brain goes to that place even if it was that long ago. It's starting to really wear on our relationship, and I honestly don't know what to do. Any advice would be really appreciated. So it seems like, what did he say? He gets upset. Mm -hmm. There are times he still gets extremely upset with me if I see his phone or ask who he's texting. Can I start this one? Please. So... Two sides to his reaction, okay? Um, both both of which un- fall under the, the category of defensiveness. Uh, but two things. I've been defensive, A, either because, you know, I'm hiding something. Or sometimes I'm even more defensive when I know that I'm not. When I'm actually being honest and not doing anything inappropriate or wrong, sometimes is added justification to defend my stance. So that being said, that could possibly be a reason why he's getting so frustrated is because he's like, I'm actually not doing anything. Like, why do you need to do that? Why do you need to check my phone? Why do you, whatever. Also, just the way my personality is, from my experience, the way you deliver to ask to see his phone, or I don't know if you're doing it without him knowing at all, if Jana came to me, even now, and said, hey, you know, I'm feeling just triggered on some things. Are you, can I look at your phone? Are you cool if I go through your phone? Any chance of defensiveness? If... There's nothing to worry about, and I know that there's nothing to worry about. Any chance of me being defensive goes out the window if she asks like that. Now, if she asks like that and I would still get defensive, that's a red flag. Mm-hmm. So use that. not as I'm not trying to man, have you manipulate the situation, but use that as some sort of strategy because it, it can bring down his guard of defensiveness. And kind of see, gauge kind of where he's at with, with things going on internally. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, because that's, if he's still defensive even when she's vulnerable, that. But I, I feel like I will say, 
I don't know if it was always easy for you to even when I did say I want to can I see your phone like it's still not I don't think it's easy for guys to to give it up so easily right I think in the beginning that was you do it amazing now yeah amazing but I think in the beginning I don't it's still hard yeah it's still hard can I just ask why though just like so maybe she can understand like if he is defensive because my fear is that he's not going to be in a place you are now Mm mm-hmm and he'll be defensive, and then she's going to think he's cheating. For sure. So, like, I just want to, like, soften the blow it's, a little it's bit It's still, her. guys, I think all men have a degree of, of problem with feeling controlled, being mm-hmm. parented, having someone oversee what they're doing, or anything like that. It, regardless of childhood wounds or no childhood wounds, I just feel like majority of men have that kind of struggle. Mm-hmm. So, with... You know, even if you ask innocently, it's still definitely possible to for, for someone to be defensive. Just be like, because you could, they could go into why, like, why would you possibly need to see my phone? It's- well, I mean, you could have easily gotten upset with me, and I felt a, I heard a little bit of it on the phone today when I called you when you were at the store. Um, mm. like I. I heard in your voice, like what I heard you say was like in your little like head was I'm at the wine store buying you wine like (laughs) and you're triggered like because it's like and I heard that monologue even though you weren't saying it. But, you know, because. Well, I mean, can I share? Yeah. Like um, because an incident had happened in the car, sometimes I do get triggered if I look at the app or whatever and I'm like man he's been at the grocery store a long time Mm. and I get a little triggered sometimes and today was one of those moments because you we um, had talked on the phone we had talked on the phone and you're like oh yeah yeah I'll run in back real fast because it was a a girlfriend's birthday and I was like I kind of wanted to drop off flowers at her front door so I was like hey babe do you mind just running in real fast he's like yeah absolutely he's like I'm I just put the bags in the car and I'll you know I'll, I'll get it and I'll be back well you know about 30 ish minutes later I look and he's still there and so I I just felt this wave of just a little trigger and I'm like mm-hmm. you know what and said so I'm just gonna call him because I can call him you know and I'm just gonna say hey like everything good you know and I was like hey babe like where are you at and you're like oh hey I, I'm, I'm in the wine store and I was like oh okay I, I just I, I saw that you were still there and I, I just I got a little trigger and you go and you were kind of like okay and I, I, in that moment, I was like, I, I heard you be like, God, I'm, I, I'm not even, I'm not doing it. I'm doing something for you and you're still triggered. <laughs> but like, maybe you can maybe understand. No, that, I do. Yeah. And I'm sorry you received my okay that way. What's interesting is during that conversation, yeah, my okay was probably because I was thinking in my head, I was like, okay, like, why is she getting triggered? And then you even said, well, we were on the phone. You said you were running right, you know, right back in to get flower out and when you're saying that in my head, I'm like, Oh yeah, this, this makes complete sense. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I was just going to run in and grab these flowers and I'll be on my way back. Yeah. Then I saw that right next door, the wine store had opened. So I was like, Oh, you know, you're getting thin on your wine wall. So <laughs> super thin. N- need to re up mama. So I totally understood. But it's just, it's sad though, that I even like, I felt bad that I even had to, like, I felt bad for you. Like I felt bad. I was like, man like he was doing something he was trying to do something nice for me and I, I had to call and I wasn't I wasn't mean or anything I no, was just like hey like no. what are you doing like 
just had it's, a little bit of a trigger. Yeah. But I think that's just to say, and just like with Stephanie, it's, I want you to know that it's normal to feel triggers kind of out of the blue and have, and want to kind of have that check-in mm-hmm. when you might get triggered. And I think you holding it in can then make it go sideways because I could have maybe held that trigger in and then been passive aggressive bitch to you when you got home and been like, well, that took long. Or like, what were you really doing? And oh like, my God. That, that would have been, been like maybe five years ago. Brutal. Yeah. But yeah, but that was, that was what I would do again, like five years ago. But right. now it's like, Hey, like that was just kind of, I got a little triggered and like, and just like mention, like saying it and speaking it and then you reassuring and not being defensive mm-hmm. makes those moments lessen each time. So like the less, Stephanie, your husband's defensive, the less you the less you get triggered and also the more you feel reassured in those mm-hmm. moments. Because I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Like I just okay, thanks. Like Yeah. You know, and then it was like over. Yeah. Um, but it's it's kind of crazy to think about too, and not to like keep going on this, but like when we had that Jason guy, that that book that you read, the author. Mm-hmm. And we kinda asked like when when will the triggers go away? And he's like, never. Yeah. <laughs> like it, they'll lessen, but they'll like they'll always still kind of be there, right? Mm-hmm. For both of us, right? I mean, you still you still have your own triggers with, you know, certain things too. Yeah, I mean, everyone it, it everyone varies, but yeah, for sure. And you know, I think. All right, like this. Take this for example. I have some friends that, if they went out tonight. And say, I mean, we're kind of past the age of really getting drunk and all that, but (laughs) (laughs) say they go out and get drunk and, you know, their phone dies and they don't talk to their wife till the next morning. Yeah. No one loves that, but I have plenty of friends and coupleships that they'd they'd like laugh at each other, be like, you idiot. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it just wouldn't be a big deal. Could we ever do that? No. You know what I mean? So it's. The, that that kind of benefit of the doubt if something like this happens does go out the window to a certain degree. I mean, yeah. But you know, it, I mean, which nobody should be in a situation where it's like necessarily okay if that happens. But if it happens, there are some couple ships that they laugh about it. And then there's others like ours where it's like, that ain't, that ain't happening. Right. So it's just, you know, it's a spectrum. Just but like again, if you read and pre-order the good fight we talk about different kinds of boundaries and ways to deal with triggers and um yeah so not to like nice plug honey. but i'm just saying like we you know we've worked on so many different ways to like kind of express that and and deal with certain triggers that might come so for sure pick up your copy <laughs> okay let's do one more email and then um it's time to say goodbye. No. <laughs> um, anonymous, still ter- uh, still yearning to become a mom. How do I forgive myself? Uh, okay. Um, I'm 45 years old, have been with my husband since 2006. During his previous marriage, we had a vasectomy. Or during his previous marriage, he had a vasectomy. At 39 years old, we decided to go through infertility as my clock had already ticked beyond the scary point. We got pregnant very easily, but at our 12-week checkup, my um, OBGYN saw a concerning sign with our ultrasound. The gray area at the base of the skull most likely meant Down syndrome. Being raised Catholic, I was blessed that God chose us to raise this special child. My husband did not feel the same. He stopped touching my belly, and it put a strain on our relationship. 
After speaking with the therapist and hearing the thoughts of our family and friends, I could see and understand his fear. Still today, I regret the decision to terminate our pregnancy. It has been almost six years since we said goodbye to our angel, and I can't forgive myself for this decision. How do I get through this and forgive myself? That's tough. That, like, makes me, like, teary-eyed. You know, this is one of those situations, because anyone who goes through having children you you have this discussion really a little bit Mm -hmm. you know and that's why anyone who has had a child is having a child understand why when people ask do you want a boy or a girl and when it gets close 99 percent of people say i just pray that they're healthy not saying that children with down syndrome aren't healthy i'm just saying complications any kind of health complications any kind of complication everyone just wants their child to be healthy and you know they run tests for for these kind of things um that's why they do what they do and it's one of those situations that i don't know how to answer to an extent because nobody knows just like a lot of things, nobody knows what they're going to do until they're in that situation. I know plenty of people with child with special needs of some sort. And they couldn't be happier. Couldn't imagine their life without them. And, but, I will say, you know, that's after the fact, after the child's born, they're in their life. Now, how did they feel when they found out? How did they feel when they first saw their child? You know, were they that happy in that moment? Some may may be, some may have honestly not been. Because that is a lifelong commitment, just like having any child, but they are in your care for the rest of your life. Mostly. So, this is hard. I think what hurts too is like that she hates herself for the decision that she made. And I just, the decision was made. And now you have, you know, your life to still live. And you, what I just would hate for you is to continue to hate yourself for a decision that you chose, whether it was right or wrong. That's your, um, like you have to, you have to now move on in a sense where it's hating yourself is not going to make any, any of the situation better. Like it's, do you know what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. Like it's, um, there's not anything now that can be done. No, the, but hating yourself is, I think you should definitely talk to someone. Yeah. Which it says she's, you know, spoken to a, a therapist, but I would too. Cause I mean, it doesn't say anything about you and your husband not being together still. So I would probably have, 
if it was me, like, and then maybe this sounds really bad, but like, I would resent my husband. Like, if you said that to me, like, I would resent, I would resent you. I would. Like, I, I don't, I'm not asked, I'm not, I, I don't want you to, you know, mm-hmm. the woman who wrote this, like, I, I, I'm, I think that's wrong too, but I think a part of me would resent you that you didn't love our baby no matter what. Mm-hmm. That would be hard for me. And then that that decision was made because of your distaste for it, I guess. Mm-hmm. That would be kind of a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. But what I would say now is lean into your husband about it. Not from a, a resentful, mm-hmm. blaming place, but just tell him how you feel. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm not saying like to resent. I'm just saying right, like right. how like how you put. Yeah. yeah, which I wouldn't blame you. I wouldn't blame anybody. But yeah, I definitely like you said, lean in for sure and talk to him how you feel and because it's it's but it was y'all's decision that you guys made. You know, together, still essentially, it was y'all's decision. So don't feel like you have to do this alone. Lean into him. Just tell him how you feel. Be honest. That's just hard. Yeah. But we appreciate you sharing. Yes. Thank you for sharing. Um, DM us at the Wind Down Podcast if you guys have any questions or um, anything else you want us to talk about. All right. See you next week. Bye, guys. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 